God can help us today. Amen. And I believe he's come to do that. Amen. And I'm going to invite uh, Brother Mays to come and minister the word of the Lord to us. Why don't we all say it together? Brother Mays, preach to me. Can you say that? Brother Mays, preach to me. Amen. Praise God. Wow. I just feel like we ought to do that again. Can we do it? You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. It's the name above every name, the name that every knee is going to bow to, the name that every tongue shall confess. Oh, let's praise him right now. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, you're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy. I love you, Jesus. My. My, my. God is so good. He's so good. Such an honor to be back in this pulpit, and uh, it was such an honor to see Brother Riggin last night, and uh, I'm continuing to pray for him. How about you, church? You continue to pray for him? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn me to the book of Numbers, book of Numbers, and uh, I'll be honest. I didn't want to preach what I'm fixing to preach. But uh, I don't know why I keep being drawn back to this. So I told my daughter, I said, well, I said, maybe you're going to get to hear a new message. But uh, I'd been working on one and God had been dealing with me. But God, Right in the middle of all that, God began to take my heart a different direction. I want you to note that I'm going to read three passages of Scripture. They're all in the book of Numbers. I'm going to read Numbers 13, 1 and 2, and then 17 through 20, then 23 through 33. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers. Shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Every one a ruler among them. Then verse number 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountains, the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage, 
and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And then down to verse 23. And they came unto the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes with the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching in the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Melekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of giants. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I want to read the five verses of our scripture reading again. Verse number 23 says, And they came unto the brook of Eshcol, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. Then verses 25 through 28 tell us, And they returned from searching the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, uh, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. <coughs> 
and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. I want you to notice that after searching out the land, coming back with the evidence of just how fruitful, productive, and fertile the land of Canaan was, and after bringing back an abundance of the grapes, the pomegranates, and the figs that the land of Canaan produced, and after acknowledging that this land surely did flow with milk and honey, ten of the spies said, nevertheless, we've got a problem. Because the people that dwell therein be strong, and their cities are walled, very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. You got to understand, Moses, there are giants in the land. You know, there comes a time in every one of our lives when a choice has to be made. Either have to face the giants of your problem by faith, you take possession of the fruit that God wants you to have, or you falter in fear. And you forfeit the right to obtain the promises that God has waiting for you. So with this thought running, through my mind, specifically from these five verses of Scripture, I want to preach from the subject, fruit or fright. Fruit or fright. My, my, my. Brother Jared, would you pray? Come on, let's talk to God right now. Yondo kio tolobosito. Yondo kio tolobasita. Yakolobosia. Yondo kio tolobosi. Korianda. Atalamasatoa. God, I'm asking you to anoint everyone in this house today. Oh, God, everyone here under the sound of my voice, let us feel the Spirit of Almighty God. I'm asking you to walk up and down these aisles. I'm asking you to walk in between the pews. I'm asking you, God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you by the grace and the glory of Almighty God, let your power let the demonstration of the Holy Ghost be in the house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I love you, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I love you, God. I love you, God. Help me, God. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. God, help me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word and for prayer. Amen. In the book of Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, God told Abraham, he said, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. 
and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward they shall come out with a great substance. We can read in Exodus chapter 3 that at the end of those 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians, God kept his word to Abraham. He called a man by the name of Moses to lead his people out of bondage and out of the slavery that they had suffered at the hand of the Egyptians. In verses 16 and 17 of the 13th chapter of Exodus, God instructed Moses. He said, go and gather, amen, the elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob appeared unto me saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt under the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites under a land flowing with milk and honey. Then all over on in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 10 and 11, God gives them some additional information about this land that he had promised them. For he said, I am going to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not and wells digged which thou diggest not and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. Then in the beginning of Deuteronomy chapter 7, God again speaks through Moses and says, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee out, bring thee into the land where thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and even the Termites, amen, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. All of these nations were greater and mightier than thou. God said that. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, no short mercy unto them. In other words, God was informing the children of Israel of all of the blessings and all of the good things and all of the benefits that waited them when they crossed over Jordan into Canaan. But now through Moses, God also informs them there's just one additional detail that he has to mention to them. There's some big bad boys over in that land. There's some mighty warriors over there who have taken out many other nations uh, who have tried to go and take the land. Uh, there's still some real mean hombres over there. Uh, there's some giants over there. Can I hear an amen? However, you don't need to worry. God will deliver them before you. Amen. Now here in the scriptures from where we have taken our text, Moses sends 12 spies in to spy out the land and bring back some fruit of the land. They go into the land, they spy out the land, and they bring back figs and pomegranates and grapes. And the fruit was so abundant and the, and the grapes were so big that it took two men to carry one cluster on a staff between them. The Bible doesn't say who these two men were, but I tend to wonder myself if it might not have been Joshua and Caleb because they were only two of the 12 who agreed to hold to the promise of God, who believed they could go into Canaan and possess their God-promised inheritance. Can I hear another amen? 
all 12 spies agreed that it was truly a land flowing with milk and honey. And in fact, they brought back some of the fruit of that land as proof. The one problem was, amen, that those 10 spies who were so fearful went on to say one word that negated all what was previously said. Those 10 spies said, nevertheless. Or in our modern language, what they said was but. As soon as I hear that word but, I know there's a problem. That one three little letter word has robbed people of their faith. That one little three letter word has stolen people's health. It's deprived them of their dreams. It's kept them from their miracle and slammed the door shut on the promises of God. Can I hear an amen? Uh, I know God can heal, but I know God can deliver, but I know God can save. I know God can restore, but I know God can open that door which is closed, but I know God is merciful, but I know God can bring water out of a rock, but I know God can provide manna from heaven, but I know God drowned Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, but I know God can do anything, but can he really give us victory over a bunch of giants? Yeah, amen. Let me bring it down to where we're living. That one little three-letter word has kept churches from having revival. I said that one little three-letter word has kept churches from having revival. I said it's kept churches from experiencing growth. Oh, God, help me. I said it's kept us from having a vision, and it's kept us from fulfilling the Great Commission, from seeing signs, wonders, and miracles in our services. But, 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 I know God has still given us other churches revival uh, but just not here I know God is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh but just not here and I'm going to stop here and say amen when we get rid of the word but we're going to have revival I said we're going to have revival I know God can still perform miracles, uh, uh, but we never see any here. Uh, I know God, oh God help me. Uh, I know God is sending growth to other churches, uh, but all we ever do is lose people around here. Uh, I know God can change things, but. My God, my God. How many times have we stood on the border of our promised land and failed to take possession just because we couldn't or we wouldn't believe that God was able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the power. I said you've got the power. How many times have we stood on the brink of a mighty move of God and we have forfeited it because we simply refused to believe that God wanted to do something great and miraculous and that he could and he would do it. Understand every time you add a but to any of the promises of God, you limit God and you disqualify yourself from his promise and his provision. 
Well, is anybody going to help me? I, I said, is anybody going to help me today? I said, is anybody going to help me today? Uh, those 10 spies that came back with a negative report had all had the same problem. They had giants in their eyes and fear in their heart. At some point in your life as a child of God, you have to make up your mind what you are going to do with your life. Are you going to grab a hold of the fruit in faith or are you going to forfeit the fruit and falter in fear? Well, somebody going to help me because I'm going to preach. I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I said, I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I said, the fruit represents the promises, the blessings, and the provisions of God. And the fear of the giant signifies the enemies, our adversaries, and the very forces of hell that want to keep you from obtaining the promises and the blessings of God. Giants are utilized by Satan himself to resist you, to hinder you, to block your progress, and to steal the promises of God out of your life. There are all kinds of giants that every one of us has to face yeah there's giants of fear there's giants of fear believe me I know what I'm preaching about there's giants of insecurity there's giants of inferiority there's giants of sickness there's giants of debt there's giants of loneliness there's giants of depression there's giants of worry giants of worldliness amen my God there's giants of family problems there's giants of marital problems there's giants of health problems there's giants of worldliness and even fleshly lusts whatever they name they have on them their mission is to keep you out of your blessing and to keep you from enjoying the promises that God has for your life my God my God in life you're either going to have to choose between amen fruit or fright because you can't have both at the same time there is no in between either the fruit is going to occupy your thoughts and capture your attention it's going to decide your actions and control your life or the giants will My, 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 my God, my. Come on, let's love him right now. Let's love him right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost. I need somebody to pray. I need a prayer warrior to really get a hold of God right now. I'm fighting opposition in the name of Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, God. Mm. Oh, Jesus. My God, my God. I 
I want to tell you something. If you're motivated and energized and driven by the fruit, the giants won't be any problem to you. I said they won't be any problem to you. But if you are controlled, if you are manipulated, and if you are dominated by the giants of fear, then you will never, ever taste the fruit. Does anybody understand what I'm preaching today? When you are motivated and energized and driven by amen, the fruit, you will scare some people who live without a vision and without a purpose. Oh, God help me. When you seek after the fruit instead of focusing on the giants, you will talk big, you will think big, you will plan big, you will worship big, and you will even give big to the cause of God. Yes, you will. I said, yes, you will. You're going to make bold statements like Joshua and Caleb did. You will boldly declare, we are well able to take the land. We are well able to do what God said. Ah, We can and we will see a move of God in our church. We can and we will see signs, wonders, and miracles in Jesus' name. Oh, somebody believe it? Does anybody believe it? Let's love him. Let's love him. Somebody's grabbing a hold of the vision. I said somebody's grabbing a hold of a vision for this church. Don't tell me we can't see growth. Don't tell me we can't have revival. Don't tell me we'll never see a sign, a wonder, or a miracle. I said don't tell me that. However, I want you to know and to understand that when you become aggressive in your faith, when you become bold in your declaration of your faith and your trust in God, you're going to attract attention. You're going to stir some people up. You're going to make some people very uneasy. You're going to make some of them nervous. And yes, you're even going to make some of them downright mad. Uh, I said, did you hear me? You're going to make some of them downright mad. Yes, you'll be at odds with the world. Uh, But your greatest enemies are not going to be in the world or of the world. Amen. The greatest enemy to bold, courageous, fruit-grabbing, giant-killing faith are going to be those sitting close by you in the church. Well, God help me. Uh, These 
are the ones that say have the same attitude and mindset that the ten spies with the evil report had. They can all see with their eyes. All they can see is giants. They sit on church pews and live in fear of giants. All they can talk about are the giants. All they focus on are their problems. They live in fear of today, fear of tomorrow, and in fear of what might not ever be. Amen. All they can see is the negative. All they have decided in their mind, it's just not worth the struggle. And it's just not worth the fight. And because they feel that way, they'll condemn you. They'll criticize you. And they'll keep you. Amen. They'll try to do everything they can to discourage you and to hinder you and can keep you from moving forward and possessing the land and grab a hold of the fruit. I said, that's what they'll try to keep you from. The truth is, this describes many in the church that live in fear of giants. They're being held prisoner by a fear of giants mentality. They become virtual slaves to a fear of giants prison. These are the ones who are going to resist you. And they'll resent you for having faith to believe that everything what God has said he will do. They will walk down your street and they'll talk down to you and to do everything they can to deter you and to keep you uh, from your promised land. I'm here today to preach to someone and tell you, uh, amen, you need to get a hold of the same spirit that Joshua and Caleb uh, had. Uh, You're going to have to speak with boldness just like Joshua and Caleb did. Uh, And I'm preaching to everybody in this church, including myself. Uh, I said you're going to have to speak with boldness uh, just like Joshua and Caleb did. Uh, Amen. You're going to have to, amen, tell those negative, uh, amen, those pessimistic doubters uh, and all those spout their gloom and doom I love you but I do not agree with you I love you I want you to understand I love you but I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in the fear of giants that are trying to keep me from God my God given destiny you see once you taste the fruit the giants don't matter anymore I said oh God I said the giants don't matter anymore I said the giants don't matter anymore. Giants are just something you have to deal with to get to the fruit. Uh, Yes, giants are the problems, but the fruit are the promises of God. Why don't you look at somebody in front of you, behind you, or beside you and tell you them, uh, tell them right now, I'm tired of living in fear. I'm going to grab a hold of some fruit. I'm going to grab a hold of some fruit. My God, my God, my God. Let's love him. Let's love him. Amen. Let's love him right now. I love you, God. I love you, God. 
I wish somebody in this place had cut loose. I wish somebody in this place would cut loose. I'm tired of living in fear. I'm going to grab some fruit. You know, amen, when you fill your eyes with the promises of God, the problems in your life become very small because when your eyes focuses on the promises of God, you're not going to have your eyes full of giants anymore. All you're going to see is the fruit. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, tell you what you'll do. You'll, you're going to think fruit. You're going to walk fruit. You're going to talk fruit. And when you close your eyes and sleep at night, amen, you're going to dream about fruit. You're not just merely going to see the problems anymore. You're going to see the promises. I said you're going to see the promises, the whole provisions and the blessings of God. Ah, my God, my God, my God. I want you to understand. Amen. There's a whole generation coming up behind you. That's dependent on you. Amen. To show them how to deal with the giants. And enjoy the fruit. I said enjoy the fruit. Amen. Amen. This church. Amen. Needs to be running double of what we're running right now. Amen. And you know what the problem is? The problem is us. I said the problem is us. Ah. I ask you, what heritage are you going to pass down to your children? What heritage are you going to pass down to your grandchildren? Will it be fruit or fright? What will your confession be? Well, son and daughter, grandchildren, we just came to a land flowing with milk and honey. But the giants were so big and so mean, we didn't even try to fight them. We just forfeited our inheritance. Or will it be son, daughter, grandchildren? We want you to know we came to this land flowing with milk and honey. And the grapes were so big that it took two full-grown men to carry one cluster between the two of them on a staff. Oh, yes, there were some giants in there. Hey, there were giants in the land. Uh, uh, they, they, they weren't so big. Amen. They weren't any big deal. God did just what he said he would do. And he delivered them into our hand. Here, taste this fruit. Here, try some of these grapes. Hey, try some of these pomegranates. Hey, taste some of the figs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, we had to fight for it. But the fruit was well worth the battle. There's two kinds of people in the church. And if, if I get in trouble where I'm going, 
You, you can call pastor. You can tell him what I said. Amen. Because I'm not here to tear down. I'm here to build up. Two kinds of people in the church. There are those that spend every day of their lives living in fear of giants. They're always complaining about how bad things are around the church. Oh, God. How nothing's ever going to change. They're the first to complain and criticize the pastor. They want to blame the pastor for all the problems in the church. I know what I'm talking about. They find fault with anything and everything the pastor does or doesn't do. They nitpick at what he preaches or passes judgment on the way that he preaches. Anybody? Don't let it get quiet in here now. And they're going to be among the first to condemn the pastor about the lack of church growth. Yet when a sinner or a backslider makes their way to the altar to repent and seek forgiveness, you won't find them anywhere near the altar helping pray that poor soul through to the Holy Ghost. Well, why don't you put that under your hat and just, oh, God, help me today, God. Those same individuals, they're always negative and always worry about the giants. They're always talking about how big, how tall, how mean, how powerful, and how mighty those giants are. And how the church doesn't stand a chance against the giants. And how we can't do any outreach. We can't have revival. We can't plan for the future. We can't build. We can't do this. We can't do that. Just because of the giants. And then there are those individuals who are constantly weighing the benefit and the substance of the fruit. They understand that the blessings of the fruit far outweigh the fear of the giants. Those faithful saints of God are the ones that say, we are more than well able to do it, Pastor. We are more than able to do it. We can and will have revival. I said we can and we will have revival because we're going to help you have it. I said we're going to help you have it. Those individuals are the one, amen, who just don't tell the pastor, I love you, Pastor. They really mean it when they say it. They mean it when they tell the pastor, keep on preaching in the word pastor preach to me pastor amen preach to me preach the word without fear or without favor preach to me pastor preach to me I need to hear from God pastor don't com- compromise this truth pastor don't let me be lost pastor preach to my children pastor my children have got to be saved pastor I I love you, Pastor. What can I do to help lighten your load, Pastor? What can I do to help make this church reach a place that God wants it to be? (laughs) 
These type of individuals are much too busy trying to help to hinder. They're too busy trying to help to hinder. Uh, it's them type of folks that got a Joshua and Caleb mentality. They know and understand just how big the giants and how bad they are. They realize the giants are mean and nasty. And they're well aware, amen, that the giants are constantly trying, amen, to stop the work of God and the progress of the church. But they also have an understanding of what 1 John 4, chapter 4, and verse 4 says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world you have God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world these folks understand that the God we serve has already promised us the land I said he's already promised us the land I can't speak for you today, but as for me, I made up my mind. I'm going to weigh the fruit of God's promises against the fear of those giants. Amen. That want to keep me from obtaining the fruit of God's promises. And I've already found out that the fruit always comes out the winner. I said the fruit always comes out the winner. I feel that somebody else in this place feels just like I do. You have decided that those giants have intimidated you long enough. You've made up your mind. Amen. That the giants have kept you from the fruit of God's blessings for much too long. Amen. Amen. And oh God, help me, Jesus. You're getting ready to defeat some giants that have been lying to you. Amen. They've been stealing from you. They've been manipulating you. They've been terrorizing you. You have to determine in your spirit that you're going to take what rightfully belongs to you. Why don't you look at somebody else and tell them, I'm going after some of that fruit. I'm going after some of that fruit. I'm going after some of that fruit. You know, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So I want to tell you, I'm grabbing some love. I'm grabbing some joy. I'm grabbing some peace. I'm grabbing some fresh desire. I'm grabbing a fresh anointing. I'm grabbing a hold of a brand new burden for lost souls. I'm going to take hold of revival mentality go ahead and grab some fruit go ahead and grab some fruit grab some fruit for the restoration of your family grab some fruit for the healing of your body grab some fruit for the deliverance amen oh, oh let me stop and say grab some fruit for pastor Riggin. grab some fruit right now for him let's believe it right now right now Jesus God they're not going to find anything this Wednesday Come on, grab some fruit for the healing of your body.
some fruit for that backslider that's bound by sin. <laughs> grab some fruit for all that hell has been telling you you cannot have. Go ahead and grab some fruit. Grab as much as you can. Grab as much as you want. I come to this pulpit today to tell someone in this place that it is a tragedy to let the giant stop you from eating the fruit that it grows on your own property. You're not the trespasser around here. The giants are. Oh, God. I said you're not the trespasser. The giants are. You're not stealing the fruit. The fruit rightfully belongs to you. Because Jesus already paid for the fruit with his precious blood. The devil knows the fruit belongs to us. The devil knows that God has already promised us the fruit. The devil knows the fruit is on our property. But the devil never gives up without a fight. In fact, the gospel of Matthew chapter 11 verse 12, Jesus tells us from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered the violence. And the violent take it by force. I'm here to tell someone the fruit belongs to you. So take it by force in Jesus' name. The fruit is your reward for standing on the promises of God. So go ahead and grab some fruit and watch God fight the battle for you. All of hell might be attacking you right now, but don't fear. Just grab some fruit by faith and stand on the promises of God's word and believe God for your deliverance. I said believe God for your deliverance. Sickness might be ravaging your body and your health might be failing. Amen. But don't fear. Just grab a hold of some of the fruit of God and believe God for his promises of divine will in your life. Your finances may be in shambles right now, but don't fear. Just grab a hold of some of the fruit of the promises of God and believe that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Your family may be experiencing all out of salt from hell right now, but don't fear. I said just grab a hold of the fruit of the promises of God and just believe that God will do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. You might be suffering from a satanic onslaught right now, but don't fear. Amen. Just grab a hold of some of the fruit of the promises of God. God's word and just believe what 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind I'm closing musicians please come but I want to say two more things before I do first of all Joshua and Caleb made up their mind there was no giant, no matter how gigantic, no matter how mean, no matter how nasty, and no matter how intimidating, that was going to keep them from what God had already promised them that they could have. And I'm going to tell you the same, that you individually and we as a church collectively are going to have to do the same thing. We're going to have to look beyond the giants and focus on the fruit. 
And then secondly, have you ever wondered why the grapes were so big and why the fruit was so abundant? I believe God used this part of the story to show us his abundant nature. I believe God used this part of the story to show us his abundant nature. Someone here needs to realize that God is not selfish. He's not stingy. He's not tight-fisted. Our God's a generous God. Our God is a God of abundance. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Amen. He is the Lord who sees and the Lord who will see to it. He is the God who sees to it that our every need is met. So go ahead. I want you to come to these altars right now. I want you to grab a hold of some fruit. Come on right now. Amen. Don't wait for somebody else to be the first. Get up here. Come on. Don't wait. You know who you are and you know you need to get some fruit. It's available to all those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For Jesus said, they shall be filled. Uh, the psalmist tells us in Psalm 34 and verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, can we praise him? Can you come to this altar and cast all your cares upon him uh, let him feel you uh, let him thrill you uh,